So I do want to read to you from Hebrews a little bit of an expanded version of this. If you have, your, if you have a Bible, and there are Bibles over there if you want one, um, you also, if you have your phone, you've got a Bible. If you have an, have an iPad or whatever, you've got a Bible. This is Hebrews. It's chapter 11, starting with the 29th verse, and then we go into chapter 12. So it's Hebrews chapter 11, starting with verse 29. In, in, this, um, in this section in Hebrews, it's basically talking about all of those people who have gone before the Hebrews, the, who, who are being written to, people who have gone before them in the faith. Because apparently um, the Hebrews are feeling a little bit persecuted and there's difficulty in their community and around them um, because these are, it's a mixture of Jewish and non-Jewish um, folks in the, in the community and so they're all followers of Jesus but, but a little bit of a mix, so I'm sure that was difficult back then because Jews and Gentiles weren't supposed to mix together and here are these Christians who were, who were, coming, who were mixing together and trying to form a, up a community and so the writer has been writing about all of those who, who have come before. By faith, the people, meaning the Israelites, passed through the Red Sea as if it were dry land. But when the Egyptians attempted to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had received the spies in peace. And what more should I say, for time would fail me to, to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched raising fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, Women received their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured, refusing to accept release in order to obtain a better resurrection. Others suffered mocking and flogging, even chains of imprisonment. They were stoned to death, and they were sawn in two, and they were killed by the sword, and they went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, persecuted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. Yet all these, though they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better so they would not, apart from us, be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely And let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who, for the sake of the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Maybe you know that feeling. The heart rate begins to rise a little bit. Your throat gets a little bit dry. You're just about ready to to go out and maybe speak to a group of people, even if it's only two. But you're not that you know you're not that public speaker person who has no fear about those things. You you get you get a little anxious about those things, and your brain is telling you that no one else has ever felt this way. Right? That this is a singular experience. 
and that it is just for you. It is personal. And so it, that even heightens things up because you're thinking all of the people out there, they wouldn't be afraid to come up and, and get up in front of people. They wouldn't be afraid to, 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 to do this thing. You know, they would do this so much better than me and the tape begins to play. And so you start slamming down some water and you're trying to calm your heart. You're trying to get things going. Fear, even in that little space, even in that thing that we sort of make fun of, even though um, the fear of public speaking is actually, we're more afraid of public speaking than we are of death, which is fascinating to me. Because it feels like we're going to die. It feels like we're going to get rejected. But, but fear, even in that, it, it sort of deforms the experience. It makes us feel like we are alone in it. Like no one else has ever experienced anything like this and so what that does is then it makes us close down. So then I'm sure you have other instances in your life where something has happened or you've done something and you felt ashamed about it. It was something that, you know, you, you, you didn't just go share with friends. And because it was something that was a little, was a little more difficult, it made you feel even more alone in it, as if no one else in the whole universe, in the whole world, in the history of time, had ever gone through anything like that. Dr. Henry Cloud uh, talks about that oftentimes, and he doesn't say it about fear, but he says it about how sometimes how we go through things, that, that, we, that we make it personal, meaning it's only ours. We make it pervasive, meaning it affects everything in our lives. And then we make it permanent. I'm never, this is always going to affect me. So whatever it is, oftentimes we, we make it that way. We make it very personal. I'm alone in this, and, it, and then it affects everything else. It affects all of our relationships. It becomes pervasive. And then we think it's permanent. I'm never going to feel any different than this. So I don't know if you've ever gone and, you know, through something in your life where you felt that way. You know, for many people who who struggle with addictions or who struggle with depression or anxiety, um, even those kind of things that are, that are so out there in our world now. I mean, it's, we talk about these things very easily, but those kinds of things can, can drive us back into ourselves and to be alone, to feel that we are alone, that we are having a singular experience and that no one else feels the way we do. No one else struggles the way we do. But that's a place where fear, where fear sort of warps everything. Because it's just true, the human experience, though it is, our, our, our human experience is unique to us, there are people who have gone through even the most difficult of things before you. There are people all around you, probably, who whatever you're going through right now are going through a very similar kinds of thing, kind of thing. We know that the, one of the best things for people who have addictions, who are addicted to drugs or alcohol or pornography or gambling or whatever, is what? What is one of the best things for them? Groups. 
You find other people who are going through the same thing and you walk with them together. You find people who've been down the road before you and what worked for them and you begin to learn from them. You begin to partner with them. You, help, you have them help surround you and support you. Just yesterday I got a phone call from, from somebody who, who um, was, was feeling some real fear and anxiety about a, about a situation that was coming up and he said, I knew that if I just sat here by myself and I didn't talk to somebody about it, it was just going to get worse. But that's often what we do, is we sit alone. And so in, in Hebrews here, um, I, I wonder if the writer is, is, is feeling that that's what's happening with, with, with this community. That they are, are, are feeling like we're having, even as a group, we're having this singular experience, and it's just us. Like no one else has ever struggled. But he says... You've got to turn from fear to faith. From fear to faith. And so he goes through and he recounts all these things. You know, by faith the people passed through the Red Sea. By faith the walls of Jericho fell. By faith, by faith, by faith. Meaning, when these people trusted, these things happened. These good things happened. And so the writer rolls all these things out for them and to remind them about what's gone before and, by, and, and how God had been a part of that process, that, that when the people trusted God, these things happened. They were able to move through this. They were able to face their fears. They were able to go forward. But the most interesting thing for me is that the writer doesn't just paint this rosy picture. Doesn't just say, oh, well, just, just believe and everything will work out. You know? It's like he doesn't, he's not preaching the prosperity gospel here. He's not saying, well, just, just trust God, you know, and, and all of a sudden it's all rose petals on your bed and million dollars in your bank account. You know, that's not what, it, it's not what he says here. Not what the writer's writing here. Because the writer starts to say, um, others were tortured. Others suffered. Others were stoned to death. They were killed by the sword. Um, they were destitute. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. I mean, what he's saying is that faith does not somehow guarantee some, some, some exemption from pain. Faith does not give you some exemption from struggle. But it gives you a community. It connects you with a God who is right in the midst of that struggle wherever you are. You and I are surrounded at all times. We are surrounded at all times by a group of witnesses, by a group of people who have endured so much for the faith. They have paved the way for us. They have shown us the way that we should go. We are surrounded by those who have suffered so much more than we have. But people who we can look to and reach out to. There are people who are living that we can touch and be with and hear from and study to know that whatever we're going through, there is a way through it. It may be really difficult. But also, we are reminded that in our baptism, we have already died. We have already faced the most difficult thing, even though public speaking we're more afraid of than death, we already faced and conquered that thing that we might be afraid of the most. 
that ultimately all the things of feeling alone, that's what it leads to, is we are afraid that if we are not loved, we will die. And so when we get up to speak in public, we're afraid that those people will reject us. And if we get rejected, we won't have love. And if we don't have love, we will die. And that's true. It's very true. But we have conquered that already. Because Jesus is the pioneer of our faith. Jesus has already been down that road. He has gone ahead of us. And He is the perfecter of our faith. He is faith enfleshed, embodied. We look to Jesus as an example, yes, but as the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. He, he brought all of this together perfectly. And here's what I love, though. is It's not as if Jesus just walked around like, oh, isn't everything wonderful? On the cross, what does Jesus say? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In the midst of his death, There's a moment where even Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, felt alone, abandoned. And so it is not that we won't ever feel alone. It's not that we won't ever feel abandoned. But we are surrounded. We are surrounded by this cloud of witnesses that cheers us on and keeps us going. When we feel the most alone, We are encouraged to keep running the race, to lift up our head and to look to Jesus. Because fear will often make us look down and look at our feet and wonder if we're ever going to get through this. But faith says to look up and to look to Jesus, to walk through this, whatever it is. That Christ is with us, in, with, and under everything that we're going through. Every difficulty, every trouble, and that God is with us in every joy and in every wonder, that every good thing God is in the midst of, trying to draw us to see that and to celebrate it and to live it out, that life is not just all struggle, even though if we are going to live a life of faith, as John Maxwell says, it's always going to be uphill, because Doing anything that is right and good often goes against our tendency to want to be lazy and to do the easy thing. So being a person of faith is not going to always just feel great or wonderful. It's going to feel like we're pushing that rock uphill. But that's the good fight of faith. That is where we need that perseverance to keep going, to stay in the struggle to push forward, to go uphill, knowing that we're not doing it alone. That we have been brought into this community, living and dead, who are cheering us on. And so we can look to the past to get, to get courage, right? To know what has happened before, to know that those who've gone before us have paved the way, have kept going in spite of the difficulties. And that allows us then to forgive ourselves, to be forgiven of our past, whatever might hold us back, to lay aside the weight and to lay aside the sin that might keep us from moving forward so that we can focus on the present and on the future so that we can keep moving uphill in faith. We can keep going forward even in the midst of difficulty and pain, even in the midst of struggle because we know 
that there are those who are with us in faith. And so today, I don't know what's making you afraid. I don't know what, you, what fears you may be having in your life. But I encourage you to dig into the Scripture, to sit in prayer, to reach out to a friend, to talk to them about that, to know that you have a team, a cloud of witnesses that is encouraging you to run the race with perseverance, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Amen.